0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Good morning, Hoosier fans, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is T.J. Inman. Uh, We want to wish you one. a Happy holiday season. Christmas is coming up. New Year's Mm -hmm. is coming up as well. Uh, So happy holidays to you and your family. Um, We also... Are getting ready for the Outback Bowl uh, with Indiana and Ole Miss playing on January second in Tampa, Florida at twelve thirty on ABC. Uh, today's show, we're going to break down Indiana's snub out of the out of the Fiesta Bowl, uh, why they went to the Outback Bowl, uh, the fans' reactions to the reaction of going to the. Uh, Outback Bowl, and then former AD Fred Glass spoke out against uh, the Big Ten, basically uh, shafting IU and and working in collusion against Indiana. So we got a pretty packed show. Uh, but first, let's hear from our sponsors over at uh, Bet Online. It is bowl season, TJ. It is my favorite time to bet on college football. Uh, anytime you could bet on games at 3:30 in the afternoon, uh, especially over winter break as a teacher, is fantastic. Um, you might not be at, at bowl games this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads, totals, uh, to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. I uh, head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. TJ, today I took the over um, in the Potato Bowl uh, no, uh, against uh, I think it was Nevada and Tulane, and then I parlayed the uh, UCF uh, plus six and a half and the under I think it was at seventy-four and a half uh, against. BYU in the Boca Raton Bowl, so head on over to Bet Online uh, for all your your betting needs. Uh, so, where do we start? Let's start with the Fiesta Bowl snub. TJ, uh, a lot of fans are angry about it. A lot of writers were angry about it. National people were angry about it. Indiana didn't move up after their win at Wisconsin. Um, they we left out of the New Year Six in part because of two reasons. Iowa State, after their loss to Oklahoma, didn't fall far enough. And then you know, the ACC, since Notre Dame is part of the ACC um, this year, Notre Dame went to the playoff as well, which means North Carolina, who was slotted behind IU, jumped up and took their spot. Um, there's a lot of calls for uh, a total – just blow the system up and redo it. Uh, The the best one I've seen so far is probably a plus one championship game where you play all the bowls. uh, I won't get into details of it, but at the end of the bowl season, then you play your championship game um, after that. And I I think you have to get rid of this stupid selection committee because they did not do a very good job this year. Uh, what are your first thoughts on uh, on the Fiesta Bowl stuff?
2: Well, after Saturday's uh, you know results, we were kind of on the razor's edge as to what we thought was going to happen to Indiana. Um, at, at that particular time, it felt like a 50-50 proposition on the, the Fiesta Bowl, um, possibly leaning a bit more towards Indiana being out just because we were pessimistic that IU would be treated, uh, to what we consider fairly. Um, and it, you know, it turns out that that's, that's accurate. Um, I, I think that for me, the, the biggest issue that I have is three lost teams being placed ahead of Indiana. Uh, you know, Iowa state has a double digit loss, to uh a sunbelt team louisiana lafayette um which a good team i'm not saying oh they're from the sunbelt they stink no uh but they're not a power conference opponent and it's a 17 point loss at home um i i don't see what they have done to be ahead of indiana yeah
1: it's not like they lost look they lost early and it's not like they went you know, 11-1 and and beat a whole bunch of teams, and you could say, well, that was a blip on the radar. They lost three times, and their win against Oklahoma gets negated because Oklahoma beat them in the Big 12 championship game. You could continue on your...
2: It... Like, I think that it was contradictory to have Ohio State in the top four, given the third seed, but also have... Indiana and Northwestern, I'll throw Northwestern in there, outside of the New Year's Six. Northwestern, I don't think they deserve to go because they lost to Michigan State. But Indiana, their only loss was at Ohio State by seven points. So either you think that highly of Ohio State and their limited resume, and as a result, you're more impressed by Indiana, or you say, well, We don't view Indiana that highly, so Ohio State, you didn't beat anybody. Therefore, you don't get to go. But instead, they send Ohio State to the college football playoff, give them the three seed, and have Indiana outside of the New Year's Six. After that, Indiana misses out on the Citrus Bowl, which I think you and I are on the same page on this. While it's
1: irritating,
2: while it's irritating, uh, to see Northwestern in, quote, a higher bowl uh, in terms of the pecking order than in Indiana, I, ultimately, I don't really care about that. Um, I think the Outback Bowl is a, a cool bowl game. Like, I want to try and separate my disappointment with the New Year sixth election process from uh, Indiana's, you know, accomplishment in getting to the Outback Bowl. Uh, the Outback Bowl is a good outcome to the season. Uh, you have to win the game now. My disappointment is that IU is playing a, a four and five SEC team as a result of the the bowl affiliations and the uh, you know, the SEC having multiple teams in that New Year Six uh, spot. So uh, that's the disappointment for me is that we don't get a marquee opponent. Ole Miss is a cool opponent, but they're four and five. Uh, I think the game is going to look really cool on TV. The Florida sunshine, hopefully. Um, you know, Ole has great looking uniforms against Indiana. It's a entertaining team to watch play because they are all gas, no breaks. Um, but I, I can't help but be disappointed that we're not going to see the Hoosiers uh, go against a, at the very least, a fellow ranked opponent. That being said, It's an opportunity for IU to play in Tampa, which a lot of IU's players are are from that area. Tom Allen has ties to that area. That's a cool story. Uh, It's a chance to play in the state of Florida, where you're continuing to try and recruit heavily. Uh, And it's an opportunity to get a bowl victory, which is a very important step for this program. So disappointed, disappointed. And certainly I think there's a lot to unpack in the coming weeks as far as, uh, you know, what this means for Indiana moving forward in terms of, and what it means for college football moving forward. Uh, the amount of exposure that has been given to uh, how messed up the selection process has been and the amount of, I think, conflicts of interest that are Adherent and a given, when you have current athletic directors on a selection committee, uh, there can't help but be conflicts of interest. The last point I'll make, as far as the snub goes, uh, you know, Gary Barda, I think, the athletic Iowa director the athletic director for the Iowa Hawkeyes, um, and the head of the selection committee, I, I think, actively worked against Indiana. Um, we will talk about Fred Glass's comments. I think Barta actively worked against the Hoosiers, and IU opens up the season at Iowa on September 4th. Uh, you better believe that game is circled uh, by everybody in the Indiana football program.
1: Yeah, and you know we'll we'll get into Fred Glass's comments later in the in the show because I thought he he confirmed what everybody is thinking, um, and he's been in the room and things like that. As far as the Outback Bowl, look, the difference between the Outback Bowl and the Citrus Bowl is negligible. Um, you know, people are going to get caught up on the record of old Miss. But here's the thing. They didn't play a non-conference schedule. So, you know, they played an extra SEC game uh, and went four and five. Let's say they play their four non-conference – you're talking about an a you know a seven and five or eight and four team if, if they play their regular, non-conference schedule and that's you know everybody's knocking well Indiana hasn't won you know beaten a, a team with a winning record and, and I saw somebody posted that they haven't done it in two years like stop all these all these games that were by wins that you know puff up teams records were canceled this year you know you don't Wisconsin would be you know. Probably a seven or eight win team, uh, Penn State who finished they they finished on a four game winning streak. They they weren't terrible. Um, Penn State's probably a seven and five team, or at least a six and six team, uh, and and things like that. You know Maryland, Rutgers. You know probably finishes with six wins. Um, you know all the Maryland probably finishes with five or six wins. All these. Well, it's a unique year in 2020. I'm not going to get caught up while Indiana hadn't played it. At the beginning of the year, everybody was moaning and groaning about how difficult this IU schedule was. You know, they had to play Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan State. Wisconsin. You can't have it both ways. Um, And, yeah, it's probably a little bit of a down year for the Big Ten. But a lot of that had to do with a lot of guys opted out. Um, you know, Penn State. Look, they Indiana won by one point. Penn State didn't have arguably their best player, and Micah Parsons, and you know, Journey Brown is their probably their second best player. Um, you know, at that time they they were without him, uh, but Indiana can't control that. You know. you they can't control who they play, when they play them, and how the team responds after losing to Indiana. Penn State went on a four-game losing streak after that. Uh, you know, if they beat Maryland, now you're talking about a five-and-four Penn State team instead of a four-and-five Penn State state team. So uh, in regards to the Outback Bowl, I think it's a great bowl. Uh, it, it's a, you know, you call it a New Year's Day bowl. It is played on January 2nd, but it's one of those New Year's Day bowls that, you know, people watch. You're getting an SEC opponent who is at the top, at least in the top four in every offensive category, um, probably except for turnover margin. In, in the SEC, um, you're You're. It's a team that, since IU is recruiting the South, it's a team that you recruit against, and you're playing in Tampa, where IU has a ton of. Uh, you know, recruiting tentacles out. Uh, There's a lot that's going into this game. And yeah, sure. Would you like to play Auburn? But guess what? A six and four Auburn team with their coach, with no head coach, is still going to be disrespected. And that kind of win is going to be discounted anyway. So, you know, you, you can be simultaneously angry that the, that, that IU didn't go to the Fiesta Bowl, but, This is a bowl game that IU was begging to get into last year, and guess what? They wanted IU, and Indiana's been to – this is their 13th bowl game. They haven't won a bowl game since 1991. There's a lot on the table here, and despite what some other writers have written and things like that, oh, well, there's not much to gain. There's a lot to gain. There is a lot to gain your season hinges on this on this game you lose and it's oh you lost to to a 5 and 5 SEC team with a terrible defense um but if you win you get off that that uh you know bowl losing streak uh you end the year on a win you go 7 and 1 you beat seven power 5 teams you beat an SEC team in florida um and you know, you get to play in front of your fans and players' families, and you get to showcase your team in a recruiting hotbed for this, uh, for this program. And not to mention, you also get practices while Purdue, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Minnesota, Illinois are all staying home. So you're developing your program like that. Indiana fans can't be short-sighted. Yes, I get you're angry. I understand it. But, you know, the fans clamoring for this team to opt out of the bowl or decline the bowl bid, you're insane. It's stupid. It's, you know, Indiana – the brand of Indiana football, and this is what Fred Glass is alluding to when he said that, you know, the big ten, the big wigs in the Big Ten, you know, don't respect IU and actively work against them. You have to build the Indiana football brand, um, and I know people get turned off by the word "brand" because it's college sports and all that stuff. But guess what? That's what it is. Indiana football is a brand. You want bowl games to say, "Hey, we want to go. We want IU to come to our bowl game." When bowl reps come to the game and see a half-full stadium for a team that was six and two last year. They're like, why do we? Why do we? They can't even come across the the street to go to a game. Why are they going to come down to our bowl game and spend money? It's just, you know, there's a a little bit of blame to be p- placed on everyone. You know, the media in the past, you know, you've had guys for the Indy Star writing articles about high school coaches should be coaching IU and Purdue during the bucket game, in, in a game where you had. Nate Sudfeld drove for like four touchdowns and I used, you know, a bowl uh, drought was, you know, ending. Uh, And then the next year the the same guy is writing about how miserable it is to be at this, this event. And, you know, basically walked out early and and took the the shuttle with the old folks home, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, You have other writers who are watching soccer games at spring practice and, you know, not paying attention. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's everything how you cover the team is also how the nation perceives it. If you treat it like a joke, the nation is going to treat it like a joke. You have to respect yourself before everybody else is going to respect you. So the Outback Bowl is a great opportunity for IU. They need to win this game um, because it has everything on the line. Um, you know, you, and I don't, there's not going to be – I don't think there's going to be an emotional letdown. If you watched Tom Allen's presser on on Sunday night, he was fired up. And, and, you know, he's got a lot of history with Ole Miss. He's got a lot of history in Tampa. And, you know, to, to cap off this season with the win, you talk about program-changing seasons. we talked about it a lot. This is a program-altering season. You go seven to one, you win a bowl game. Now it's okay. What else do you want us to do? And there's not much you could do. You can't control what other teams do. So let's let's talk about Ole Miss a little bit, TJ. Uh, actually, let's talk about Fred Glass's comments because it's going to tie into uh, everything. Fred Glass uh, came out and said that the good old boys of the Big Ten actively work against IU. Uh, and that they that's what they do here's the here's the uh, statement if you haven't heard it I'm not AD anymore nor officially affiliated with IU so I could tell you what I think and that is this our program our coach and our kids got done in by the good old boy Big Ten football power structure there are influential people who don't want Indiana to be good in football they're not used to coming in. They're used to coming into our state and poaching our best high school players and counting us as a W on their schedule. That's why they don't advocate for us. Is there any uh, real doubt where the second best team in the conference? Look at the polls, even the CFP, look at common opponents to those who are trying to kill a resurgent Indiana football program. I say, it's not going to work. You're putting more logs on the fire. I love Tom Allen and I love these kids and He's he put it perfectly. It's everything's against IU, and it's it makes sense. All these conspiracy theories about referees fixing games, and, you know, every big call going against IU, it makes sense, and that's the sad part. Uh, what are your thoughts on on uh, Fred Glass's
2: comments? Well, I I think that you have to assume that Tom Allen, or I'm sorry, that Fred Glass is speaking for uh, people that cannot come out that strongly publicly. Scott Dolson, the current IU Athletic Director, Tom Allen, uh, the Indiana coaching staff. uh, It is, I think, incredibly likely that they have very similar feelings to Fred Glass. However, uh, it does not benefit them or the program for them to come out with a flamethrower Uh, and make those public comments. Um, Scott Dolson has to work behind the scenes to build the relationships to prevent things like this from happening in the future uh, and to keep building Indiana's football program. Um, I I think that Fred Glass doing so publicly um, was great. I think it was a a statement that everybody can see the rationale behind. Uh, If you are thinking, who might he be referring to? Uh, my instinct would be to tell me Ohio State is not the team that, that cares whether or not IU gets good at football. I don't think Ohio State sees anyone in the conference as a legitimate threat to them. Um, I think the most likely people that he's talking about would be guys like Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, guys like Gary Barda and Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Yep. Uh, well, uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, guys that are in that second tier in the Big Ten uh, that do not want to lose their place to Indiana or have another team join them in that tier. I think yep. that those are probably the people that uh, that he is referring to. Yep. Now, in terms of um, what I think it it can do, uh, I, I think that it will hopefully uh, kind of develop an us versus the world mentality for this fan base. Um, I I think that 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 can help build a fan base if you feel like there is a common purpose uh, around your program. Um, Now, what can't happen is that you See that and feel like it is an insurmountable uh, fight or an insurmountable hill to climb, and you just, you know, give up and and turn away because woe is us, and it doesn't matter what we do, we can't succeed. Um, I don't think that that's happening, but if you get, you know, three or four seasons like this where. Indiana continues to succeed on the field and continues to get robbed of what you feel are their rightful rewards. uh, You know, maybe you see that type of mentality begin to set in, but for now uh, I think that there is kind of a siege mentality that that could take hold here, uh, which I think can help build uh, a fan base for what I hope. uh, One, hopefully we get back to having fans in the stands in 2021. And if that's the case, uh, Memorial Stadium Darn well better be a, a true home field advantage, um, because you know if if you are saying look what we deserve, look what we deserved, and I I can sit back and agree with you, and I think most college football fans can sit back and agree with you, but what you have a, an ability to control is whether or not you'll support this team in 21. Uh, that's what you have the ability to control is whether or not you will support the team. You will buy the merchandise. You will show up at the games. You will, you know, pay attention to the articles. You will give voice in the the comment sections of college football, Reddit and the blogs and all that stuff. Uh, Support that team, build that fan base and make Indiana football into, you mentioned it, the brand that is able to overcome those good old boy network of the big 10 Uh, that's trying to keep the Hoosiers out of the New York Six Bowl or out of a Citrus Bowl uh, and hope that they just go back to an easy W uh, on a Saturday in October.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, we won't get into it on this podcast, but talking to brands, you're going to have an NIL change uh, where players are going to be able to make money off their likeness. And you saw it at signing day with, with the players getting their own logos uh, which I thought was really cool. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it, all that helps. You know, you, you saw Indiana tweets out, you know, interactions with, with stuff on Twitter, and IU was, like, either top in the country or top five or top ten right? and something like All that stuff matters to these bowl reps. You know, I hate to say it, but it's a business, and they're only interested in money. They don't care if it's Indiana versus Ole Miss. They don't care – if it's you know Bloomington South versus you know Central you know Oxford High School as long as you know they bring people who spend money and things like that that's all they matter and you know watching games and tv numbers they look at all of that stuff and it's not just well Indiana you know beat three ranked teams at the time and are three you know we're three and one against top 25 teams you know when they played them uh, and things like that and P plus ratings uh, and all that stuff they don't they, these guys are they're old school business business guys outside of John Urschel um, it's just you know at some point you have to to build you have to build the program and that now's the time you got to get the students in um, because if they're not coming from the grass lots when they're students, they're not coming from wherever they're living when they're alumni. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, there are people criticizing Scott Dolson for not speaking up. Uh, look, could, could he have said something more publicly uh, that would have satisfied the fan base? Probably. Was it a good idea? Probably not, um, but uh, Indiana also has uh, to campaign. For, they have to campaign for their team a little bit better.
2: Um, you know, not saying publicly without going to Scott Dolson first. Fred Glass, yeah. as the former AD, he knows exactly what you are allowed to say, what would be effective, and what Scott Dolson can and can't do. And I, I think that the two of them, uh, in my opinion, like Scott Dolson is saying the same things Fred Glass is, just he can't say it. Um, and if I I have to believe that Scott Dolson is doing what he can behind the scenes while Fred Glass is doing it publicly. Uh, yeah. It, and if it,
1: and if, if Dolson's not do anything- being – no, if Dolson's not doing it behind the scenes, then it's a big mistake that he's athletic director. Because um, we'll assume that he's banging on ta- whatever he watches, his Zoom, Zoom calls on this year, um, and conversations are, are being had. But when the yeah. – Indiana doesn't have the leverage to, to, to do what Nebraska did with the Big 12 or what Boise State's going to do with the Mountain West, um, where they're potentially going to the AAC. Indiana doesn't have that leverage. You know, basketball isn't what it used to be. Um, you could argue that, you know, probably baseball or, or men's soccer, maybe the women's basketball is probably your, your flagship right now behind, behind football. And the way that the Big Ten treats Indiana football, they're going to be okay see you later we'll go get somebody else to replace you um it's there's no let you can't threaten anything there's no there's zero leverage i mean fred glass probably did you know the only the only thing they had leverage of was saying hey you guys are corrupt you know if indiana was like hey guys you know stand up for us or we're gonna go public that that you're not and you know, I, I watched the SEC Network pregame show for the SEC title game. And that needs to – they they're can, actively campaigning for Texas A&M in Florida. And it's – that's what the Big Ten Network has to do for Indiana. You know, you, you could – you know, you have some of these former players who are not buying into Oh, it's a nice season and things like that. But, you know – Go in and have, you know, Dave Revson or um, Mike Hall or Howard Griffin say, listen, Indiana's 6-1, and one. Iowa State has three losses. What are we doing? Um, and, and I think that's a problem, too. And, and we all notice it. We all know that the Big Ten Network highlights Michigan and Ohio State because they bring in the dollars. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the great thing about being in the Outback Bowl and being in the bowl game in general is – is the publicity yesterday on the on the bowl mania show where they broke down all the bowl games trevor maddich i think it was at the top of the show at least in the first five minutes of it talked for several minutes about tom allen and this indiana team and how they probably should have been in the fiesta bowl and and how great they're playing and how he wanted to play for tom Allen. like that you can't put a price on that stuff and you know, if ESPN can do it, the Big Ten Network needs to do it too. And and that's, you know, where behind closed doors, Scott dolson has got to say, you got to give us something. Yeah, you, you know, enough of this. I, I get we're not the the whipping boy anymore. And I'm sorry, that's not how it's going to work. So you know, he he's got to go to bat for IU behind closed doors and and let, you know, it, it would have been nice to see Michael McRobbie say something too but we all know uh his view on athletics and and i think that takes a toll too is you have a president who doesn't care um you have a, a board of trustees who doesn't care you have a fan base who there are about 20 or thirty thousand diehard fans who really really care the rest of it are, you know are people talking about basketball games in october uh, when, when your football team is six and two uh, and go on a, a bowl game and things like that. So it's, you know, I use got to take a look in the mirror at itself as well and say, what, what can we do better to market ourselves? And, you know, that starts with winning, winning the Outback Bowl.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing you can do as a football team is come out, uh, you know, show the type of team that you have been all season Beat Ole Miss uh, and and finish in the top ten in the polls and and try to use that momentum towards the 2021 season. Uh, you know, use that fuel, use that fire uh, to keep you going throughout the long off season and be ready for a, a banner year in 2021. That's really all you can do. Ole Miss is going to be a significant challenge for the defense. You know, they're, they're averaging over 40 points per game. Their offense has gotten it done. Pretty much every time out, uh, well, the defense has been a, an abject disaster for them. They are allowing over 40 points per game. Um, they've had a couple of guys opt out, including top wide out Elijah Moore. Uh, however, I don't think Ole Miss is going to – I think that the Rebels will come into the game with Lane Kiffin as their head coach, uh, Matt Corrales, their quarterback. They're going to come in expecting to put up points. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that they feel like Indiana's defense is going to be able to slow them down. Um, and you know what? They might end up being right. I mean, they have put up points on everybody. So this, well, you can say, well, Indiana beating Ole Miss won't prove anything. If they can hold their offense down or limit it at all, that, that will prove something on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that the Hoosiers need to go about controlling the tempo of this game, which does not mean you run the play clock down to five seconds every time. Uh, It doesn't mean you run the ball 50 times. It doesn't mean that, Uh, but you, you be mindful of the the offense that Ole Miss has and how you can help your defense and limiting their offense. Uh, I think that controlling tempo will be important. I think capitalizing on your red zone chances against this defense will be important IU's going to be able to move the ball. I have no doubt about that. Ole Miss has a bad defense. But if you move the ball and don't capitalize on those opportunities by scoring touchdowns, you could be in some trouble uh, because Ole Miss has a ton of explosive plays that they, that they uh, will rack up. Um, and, and I think it's likely that they're going to score. Uh, so, I think converting on those drives that you move the ball with touchdowns instead of settling for field goals, which I use them pretty good with this year. So continuing that um, and then, you know, the takeaways, which again, it's same things that I use been excelling at all season uh, that doesn't change for the bowl game, but uh, bowl games are all about mindset, which team comes out, you know, more prepared and hungrier to play. Uh, it's a little bit different in that it's, a compressed window to prepare for it. Uh, but you've got, I think the matchup is certainly, and we'll preview it more in depth later, but the matchup is certainly uh, Ole Miss explosive offense against IU defense. That's going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you're saying take the over. Um, on Bet Online, uh, it has the over at 67. Uh, if, if you go to Bet Online, you could use promo code armchair uh, for all your sign up bonuses. Uh, as well, but they have it at uh, 67 right now. I, You know, as, as many points as Mississippi's offense has given, uh, has scored, they give the ball away as well. Um, Matt Corral has thrown 14 interceptions. He's fumbled five times, and this Indiana defense uh, is very, very good. We'll put it this way. They're great at taking the ball away, uh, and they've Not- – They'll get their, They'll get theirs, um, especially you know. It's not that Corral's super careless with the ball. It's just that they're willing to take the risks because they have that explosive offense. Um, they're willing to take you know roll the dice a little bit more into tight windows to look for those big plays. And you know the the risk as the reward goes up, the risk is going to go up too. And that's you know why he's. Um, throwing 14 picks. He's completed, you know, Corral has completed, I think about 70% of his passes. Um, and we'll see how motivated uh, Mississippi is. Um, it's their first bowl game since 2015. Uh, they're, you know, want to get the off season rolling with Lane Kiffin. Uh, it's a chance to climb back to 500 and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It, it's, it, Throw out the records. It's a really good matchup. It's a you know, Bet Online has it as a as Indiana as a six and a half point favorite, uh, and you know, it, it's a fun match. It's strength against strength, and we'll see. You know, we'll keep everybody updated on on who opts out, uh, who else opts out. I don't think Indiana's going to have many players opt out, if any. Uh, there are injuries that. Indiana has, you know, Michael Penix will not be playing. Uh, Marcelino Ball will not be playing. Raheem Lane's not playing. Uh, but they should have, you know, with the two weeks of canceled games, they should get everybody back from their COVID scare, uh, more or less. And they should be well-rested and and not as beat up. So I uh, will preview Mississippi more. Uh, Nate Comp, who's an Indiana alum and also a grad student at Ole Miss, uh, you know, another Hoosier tie to Ole Miss. Uh, he He's posted his um, his preview of Ole Miss around noon today. Uh, so that will be out. He did a very good job of, of giving a, an overview um, uh, of that program. And, you know, we'll see. It's a game that fans should be excited for. It's um, it's another chance to get a win. It's a chance to, uh, to end a streak. So final thoughts, TJ.
2: Well, I, I'm – you know, just thankful that uh, we'll get to watch this team play again. Um, it it was a certainly a disappointing end, not being able to play the bucket game, and then not being able to play the bucket game a second time, um, or have any type of championship week matchup, and then have uh, you know have basically nothing you can do to help yourself as you watch your your bowl you know selection slide from the Fiesta on down to the Outback Bowl. Uh, you know, it's been a frustrating few weeks where the Indiana football team has been unable to do anything about it. Uh, So I'm excited to get to see this team be able to play another game, have some control over the outcome of what happens to their season, uh, and be able to finish it on a positive note. Um, You know, this team deserves to be able to go out uh, riding a high and, you know, using that momentum into the offseason for what I think we can all say is going to be the most eagerly anticipated football season in recent Indiana history, uh, without a doubt. So I'm just excited to be able to watch these guys play again.
1: Yeah. And it's another chance to watch a team play. Fans are going to be allowed down uh, at the stadium. So if, you know, you you have the means and feel comfortable enough to, to travel down to see the team, uh, do so. I know there's a large alumni fan base down in Tampa. Uh, we have several loyal readers who are down in Tampa uh, who comment a lot and things like that. So I know they're super pumped uh, to, yeah. to have IU down there as well. Uh, and it, it's time, look, we're all angry that they didn't go to the Fiesta Bowl. Time to put that to bed, get to work, and you know, go uh, go and, and win a bowl game and, and beat an Ole Miss offense that you know, put a scare into Alabama, put a scare into Florida. Um, and if Indiana wants to be start being mentioned uh, with those teams in terms of quality. Um, if if you come away with a win and, and play well on defense, you're going to start turning some heads. Uh, now, of course, it's the SEC. They're going to be well. They didn't really care about the bowl game. And things like that, but that's—it's just noise. And and uh, fans and players need to tune that out as well. Uh, so that does that does it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll have everything um, leading up to our bowl game, uh, and things like that. So keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com, early and often. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and uh, follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us today. Uh, have a Very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll talk, uh, we'll preview the game in depth
2: next Monday. Sounds good. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. That does it for today's show. But before we get out of here, uh, a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Hoosier Huddle does get support from Manscaped, uh, and it is also presented by Manscaped. It's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, helping two million men all over the world get rid of their hair. Um, If you go to Manscaped and still looking for a Christmas gift for the man in your life, head over to Manscaped.com, use the promo code ARMCHAIR and you get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go and whack your weeds and make Santa proud. All right, um, just to wrap up, Indiana is facing Ole Miss in the Outback Bowl in Tampa, Florida, on January 2nd at one, at 1230 in the afternoon. Uh, on ABC. You could also catch the game on the Indiana Radio Network. Uh, we will have all your updates leading up to the game. I will be down at the game as well as, as some of our other writers. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. 2020 is finally coming to an end. There's an end in sight for COVID. Uh, so here's to a better 2021 uh, and to a Great, fun bull experience uh, coming up for the Indiana Hoosiers in the Outback Bowl. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week to break down the game.
0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.